Well, happy Easter everyone. In our Anglican tradition, we start our Easter services by saying together, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. What profound statements. Today we remember the most important day that has ever occurred. Jesus has defeated the power of death by rising to live forever. The Christian faith offers us certain hope that after we die, we will live forever. Do we believe it? Dare we believe it? The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. That's the reason our physical bodies die. Death shows us just how seriously God views our ignoring him, turning away from him. God's word confirms that it is appointed for mortals to die once, and after that, the judgment. We don't want death, do we? I mean, it's unwanted. It intrudes into our lives. It's horrific. But with the current world pandemic, we can't avoid it. We watch the news and we're stunned by the ever-increasing global death toll of COVID-19. In the past, we avoided even thinking about death. But now, everything we do is so that we and our loved ones might avoid death by this virus. Now, we all know deep down that these bodies we live in are only temporary. Everyone dies at some time. But as Christians, we believe that we live on after death, either in God's presence or not. In a great place or a not so great place. The power of death the scriptures talk about is that it can stop us from living in the presence of God forever. Jesus, the perfect, sinless Son of God, was born to share our humanity. And he suffered and died on that cross to pay the penalty for your and my sin. It's a bit like if you break the social distancing rules and you leave your home for the wrong reasons and well, if you get caught by the police, there's going to be a potentially a very hefty fine and you have to pay it. Well, Jesus met the ultimate enemy, death, head on, and he emerged triumphant. That first Easter, they pulled his lifeless body down from the cross and they carried it into the tomb. But on the third day, he walked out of that tomb the risen, victorious one. The angel had told the women in verse 5, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. There's only one whom death couldn't hold. He's the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. So, what does it mean to believe in Jesus? 
I came to faith through the objective evidence for Jesus' life, death and resurrection. And after coming to faith, I received the personal experience of relationship with God through faith. And that's a more subjective kind of thing. I want to touch on both of these aspects today to encourage our faith in Jesus. Throughout history, there have been a number of highly educated sceptics who've set out to disprove the resurrection. Frank Morrison, a British lawyer, examined the evidence in order to disprove it. And in the process, he became a Christian and wrote the well-known book, Who Moved the Stone? Another sceptic was Lee Strobel. He was educated at Yale and was an award-winning legal editor uh, of the Chicago Tribune. And like Frank Morrison, Strobel in, uh, investigated the evidence and in the process became a Christian. What caused these people to change their minds about the resurrection? Can we seriously believe Jesus' resurrection really happened? Well, there is evidence. Let's check some of it out. Firstly, there's the case of the missing body. Now, some people have tried to suggest that maybe the Jews at the time stole the body. But just think about it for a minute. If they'd stolen it, then when the disciples started saying that Jesus had been risen from the dead, uh, wouldn't they have provided the body and disproved the disciples' claims just straight up? Yet Jesus' body was never produced. Why not? Others have tried to suggest that the disciples may have taken Jesus' body. But think about it. They were so shattered that they ran away when Jesus was captured. And they didn't even understand what Jesus meant when he said that, that uh, he would rise from the dead. They just didn't get it. In their state of mind, would it have entered their heads to remove his body and pretend that he rose again from the dead? And would they have been prepared to die if it was just a lie that they had created? You see, those disciples were ultimately killed, executed, for telling others that Jesus rose from the dead to life. Even if the disciples didn't want to take Jesus' body, there was a Roman guard at the tomb on continuous watch. There was no way they could get past. You see, the chief priests knew that Jesus said that he would rise on the third day and they thought that maybe those disciples might try and steal the body. And so in order to stop that from happening, they had a seal placed on the stone and soldiers guarded the entrance so that nobody could steal the body. And at that time in history, if a Roman soldier failed in his duty, then he was killed. So something pretty significant must have taken place for those soldiers to abandon their post, mustn't it? Our reading from Matthew today tells us why. An angel appeared to them as bright as lightning and clothed in white, uh, white as snow. 
uh, and accompanied as well by an earthquake. Now, if I was a guard, I think that I would have been on the run, absolutely. Other sceptics have tried to suggest that Jesus just collapsed on the cross and he wasn't actually dead. And then uh, when they took him down from the cross, he later revived. Well, the Romans were quite good at killing people. Uh, they were extremely good at it. John's Gospel tells us that a soldier thrust a spear into Jesus' side to make sure he was dead. And so let's just think about it. Jesus, beaten, flogged, hung on a cross, stabbed in the side, dead or not dead. And then in that state, somehow Jesus summoned the strength to roll away the stone from inside the tomb and then silently slip past these guards who were on duty. Is that believable? I mean, it was a Marvel movie, perhaps. But in real life, there were also eyewitnesses to the resurrection. Those first witnesses were women. Now, in first century Palestine, women were viewed quite negatively. There's an old rabbinic saying, let the words of the law be burned rather than delivered to women. Now, it's a scary saying, and sorry, ladies, but um, that's how it was back then. Women weren't allowed to be legal witnesses, even, in a Jewish court of law. At the time when the New Testament scriptures were written, no sensible person would have included the witness of women. The fact that the scriptures do shows that they were concerned with recording what actually took place, not a fabrication. In today's terms, would you make up a story and then get a person with absolutely no social standing to corroborate your facts? I don't think so. If you are fabricating a story, you get a highly respected member of the community and you'd bribe them so that they could come along and add credibility to your story, wouldn't, wouldn't they? That's what you'd do. So, is the resurrection a fabricated story or not? Well, apart from the women, there were other eyewitnesses uh, who saw Jesus alive as well. The Apostle Paul tells us Christ was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures, that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. That's a lot of eyewitnesses, isn't it? Isn't it? If 500 people all witnessed something today, would we believe them? Those disciples who started off hiding in a small room in fear of their lives, later became radically changed people. They bravely shared the amazing news that Jesus had risen from the dead. And they were ultimately killed for telling everyone. Would you die for a lie? Jesus said he would rise from the dead. And the evidence tells us that he has.
and we believe it. It's what Christians believe. But there's, of course, more than historical evidence. Once you come to faith, everything changes. You know in your heart and your soul that it's true. You see real answers to prayer. And I've had some amazing answers to prayer. These answers leave me in absolutely no doubt that it's God who is answering them. Of course, sometimes God does say no to our prayers, and we can be tempted to think that God isn't there. But then, if God did everything that we asked him to do, we'd be God, wouldn't we? If we could just say what we wanted, and then God just did it. Many Christians worldwide are praying right now for a vaccine and effective treatment for to be found for this COVID-19 virus. How will God answer this prayer? Only time will tell. But one thing that I'm very sure of is that God wants us to turn back to following him, to stop living as if we're in control of our own destiny, because clearly we aren't. Some people don't want logic or proof. They want to know how believing in Jesus can help them right now. And that's a, a more subjective way of looking at things. You know, it's a bit like when somebody asks what it's like to be a parent. And you can tell them the facts, the highs and the lows, the sleepless nights, the joys of seeing your child do this first milestone or whatever it might be. But until you've experienced uh, that relationship with your child by being a parent, you just don't really get it. Once we come to faith, then it's like that. You see, God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus helps us through the tough times, like now during this pandemic. Amidst the panic and the distress, we can have a deep calm in our soul as we trust in him with our very life. Once we come to faith, you see, our perspective shifts. We recognise that us thinking that we're in control is really an illusion. The creator of everything has stepped into his own creation and he did that to open our eyes to reality. This life might be short or long, but compared to forever, even 120 years is hardly any time at all, is it? So the real perspective shift is doing what needs to be done now so that we can be with God forever. It's not about minimising the joys of this life. This life is wonderful, or it can be. But it's about maximising life forever, in this life and the next one. And so we recognise that whilst this life is wonderful and amazing, we can be all, all be certain that it will end one day. But faith in Jesus, trusting in him and what he's done has made it possible for us 
to have a good life now and be with him forever too. Now, this isn't possible by being a nice person or even a really, really good person, as perhaps most of us are. And that's actually a comfort to us, you see, because we all know that deep down, we are not always nice or good enough. And that's where Jesus' death and resurrection come in. Jesus' death has made up for all of our shortcomings. We are made in the right before a holy God. We are made perfect and complete before God so we can live again once this body dies. And this is truly amazing news. So as I've already said, there's tremendous evidence to support having faith in Jesus. But at the same time, faith has to be experienced to be understood. So what does all this mean for us as we stay home and practice our social distancing in 2020? It means we need not live in fear. You see, if we believe in our heart, mind and soul that Jesus has conquered death, he's risen from the dead, then we can have complete trust that he is here in this moment in history with us in his, as his spirit. And he can help us all to get through this crisis. Our loving God wants us to know him and experience his presence in our life, not just to know information about him. Jesus says to you, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them and they with me. Have you opened the door of your heart and soul to God? Jesus rose from the dead that first Easter and forever has overcome the power of death for you and for me. That's what Easter is all about. In the Gospel reading today, the angel told the women to believe, to believe that he has been raised from the dead and to do something about it. Go quickly and tell. Celebrating the empty tomb this morning isn't just about acknowledging in our heads that Jesus rose again. Those who were witnesses that first Easter day felt it with their heart and soul too. And they were passionate. They said, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. If you don't yet believe in what Jesus has done for you, then today is a great day to check out the Christian faith. If, like me, you already follow Jesus, can I encourage you to share this love that you have of God in you with everyone you can, with your family, your friends, your neighbours, community members, and do that through your words and your actions. 
especially at this time of world pandemic, when so many people are fearful. We have a message of hope and joy and life. Let's share it. In Jesus' name.